Welcome to the Spark Youth Podcast. Spark is the youth ministry of the Enfield and Strathfield Anglican Church. Our mission is to gather to hear God's word, to grow in Christ's likeness, and to go in prayerful proclamation. To find out more about us, you can go to our website at fields.org.au forward slash spark, or you can find us on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash youth underscore of underscore spark. There's a Chinese proverb that says, there are many paths to the top of the mountain, but the mountaintop view is always the same. No matter how different the various religions or belief systems seem to be, they all lead to the same destination. This is similar to the ancient Hindu story where a king gathered blind men and asked them to describe an elephant. Each one grabbed one part of the elephant. The one that grabbed his trunk said, the elephant is like a hose. The one who touched his ear said the elephant was like a fan. And so on they went, each arguing that they were right and the others were wrong. The point of the story is that they are all equally right. Now today it's popular to have the same view. Everyone's beliefs are equally valid. It seems very tolerant. But are all paths to God equally valid? Can any one of us really claim to have reached the summit, seen all the various roads converging at the top, and have confirmed with absolute certainty that all religions lead to knowing God, and then descended from the summit to tell us? If none of us have come back from the top of the mountain, then all we can do is speculate, right? So let's approach the question of knowing God from another vantage point. If God made us, then surely he must have an interest in our devotion and thus would do something concrete to grab our attention. Surely he would want to make himself clearer. This is what we find in the first chapter of John's Gospel. John, who was an eyewitness to Jesus' resurrection, begins by referring to Jesus as the Word of God who has always lived in relationship with God and through whom God made the world. About Jesus, about the Word... Verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. This takes us back to the Old Testament, where God revealed His glory to Moses at Mount Sinai. Moses pitched a tent at the bottom of the mountain, and the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend, as Exodus 33, 11 says. Now, the word translated among us is literally in the original, the word pitched his tent among us. This tells us God wants to be close to us. If you come into a community and build a huge palace with a wall around it, it says one thing about your desire to be with the people. But if you pitch a tent in my backyard, you probably want to come inside and eat at my table. It indicates you want a close relationship with someone. Well, Jesus has actually come and pitched his tent in our backyard. When you come to know what Jesus is like, you know what God is like. So how did God reveal himself? John is saying that God came down the mountain to live among us. If you know Jesus, you know God. Jesus isn't just another blind man making guesses about God. He has seen God. He is God. So he can tell us exactly what God is like and how we can have a relationship with him. 
So you don't need to be in the dark about God. He has gone beyond parchment and paper. He has come down and pitched his tent among us, so to speak. When you come to know what Jesus is like, you know what God is like. Why did God reveal himself in Jesus? Well, we go on to read, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Think about that. Though the world was made through Jesus, it did not recognize but rejected him. Imagine carrying a baby for nine months. As you're carrying that baby, you're eating well, you're trying to get enough sleep, you're exercising heaps. And in the weeks before the baby is born, the longing intensifies. The mother can't wait to see and hold and adore her son, who she created in her womb. And then imagine that as the child was born, it said to its mother, I hate you. Don't hold me. Don't talk to me. I don't want anything to do with you. Even if that means disconnecting myself from the source of life, even if that means death. Well, this is how we have all responded to Jesus, our creator. Herein lies our biggest problem. We have all rejected God. We live as if we don't need God. Think about how much pain that must bring to God. This is our greatest problem. Um, A famous Bible teacher called Don Carson said, if God had perceived that our greatest need was economic, he would have sent an economist. If God had perceived that our greatest need was political stability, he would have sent us a politician. If he had perceived that our greatest need was COVID-19, he would have sent us a doctor. But he perceived that our greatest need involved our sin, our alienation from him, our rebellion against God, our death, and he sent us a saviour. This is the good news. As verse 12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To all who believe in Jesus, we become children of God, not because of anything that we have done. It's a free gift. God freely welcomes us back into his family. He becomes what we are as someone under God's judgment that he might make us what he is, God's children. So that means God is not indifferent to how he is worshipped. God actually cares about having a deep relationship with us. God has made himself clear so that we can have certainty which road leads up the mountain to God. Because God came down the mountain in Jesus. This is the message we need to share with our friends and family especially during these dark times, during lockdown, during COVID. And it's not unloving to tell our friends there is only one way to be saved, through Jesus. If there was a building burning and there was only one door to go through, would you tell people to go through it? Or would you say, it's fine for you to take any door you want? Of course you would tell them the one door that leads to safety. But how do we know Jesus is the only way? 
because eyewitnesses have recorded his birth at Christmas and his death and resurrection at Easter. Unlike every other religion where someone had a private experience, you can fact check Jesus. Now, I have heard many people say that all religions teach eventually, essentially the same thing. However, they all differ on the most important point, namely, who is Jesus? If Christians are right about Jesus being God, then all other religions fail in a serious way to love God as God really is. But if other religions are right that Jesus is not God, but rather a teacher or a prophet, then Christians fail in a serious way to love God as he really is. This is why in the Quran, the Muslim's holy book, if you say Jesus is God, you commit blasphemy, which is a really bad thing. God is not indifferent to how he is worshipped. He has made his thoughts on the matter known very clearly in the person of Jesus, who pitched his tent among us. Jesus is God and the only way to God. What he has made very clear is that we have two choices. We can reject our maker, the source of light and life, and remain in the darkness under the sentence of death and judgment, or we can believe in the person of Jesus and in believing come to know him. and enter into a relationship with God where we can call God our Father and where God calls us his sons and daughters so that the darkness of sin and evil can never overcome our hope. Long ago, there ruled in Persia a wise and good king. He loved his people. He wanted to know how they lived. He wanted to know about their hardships. He wanted them to share in his wealth. He wanted relationship with them. Often he dressed in the clothes of a working man or a beggar and went to the homes of the poor. No one whom he visited thought he was their ruler. One time he visited a very poor man who lived in a cellar. He ate the really gross food that the poor man ate. He spoke very kind words to him face to face and then he left. Later he visited the poor man again and decided he wanted to show that man his identity by saying, I am your king. The king thought the man would surely ask for some gift or favor, but he didn't. Instead, he said, You left your palace and your glory to visit me in this dark and dreary place. You ate this gross food that I eat. You brought gladness to my heart. To others, you have given your rich gifts. To me, you have given yourself. Well, God himself, the king of glory, came down the mountain and took on our flesh to give himself to you and me. He became what we are that he might make us what he is, a child of God.